Hello everybody, welcome to memovingtocanada.com, MM2C. This is me, Ben. I was born in Philippines, I'm a Filipino, and I worked in Singapore for five years, leaving my family behind in Philippines, and then we decided to immigrate to Canada and became a Canadian citizen. This is my podcast. Hello everybody, welcome again to the Sunday episode of MM2C and Online Presence Building. This is me, Ben, your host. We have our guest for today and I'm really excited to talk to him about his immigration journey. So we will ask him about his journey to Canada from Indonesia and learn from his experience. His name is Darwin. Hi Darwin, thanks for being here. Welcome to my podcast. Hi Ben, yeah, I'm so glad to meet you as well here yeah so first of all uh, i would like to ask you how and when did you find out about me moving to canada or mm2c well uh i remember that i think it was in 2013 that was the time when you know i started to look for information if you know for going or immigrate to other countries Mm -hmm. and my options during that time was australia and canada So when I research about Canada, the first thing that comes in Google, it was you, I think, me moving mm-hmm. to Canada. So I opened the website and I found out, oh, you were having the same visions as me moving to Canada. That was the reason why like, I keep on following you. Wow. Yeah. And I remembered you emailed me, right? And questions yep. about immigration and You want to meet me in Toronto? Right? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's yeah you were you were already steps away from me during that time. <laughs> yeah. yeah 2000. I think you emailed me at 2015. Yeah. We finally, met, after I applied. Yeah. Yeah, we met at uh, the Square One in Mississauga. Yeah, you're remember? right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> okay, so yeah. for our listeners, tell us mm-hmm. about your background, like. Uh, where, what what's mm-hmm. your previous work or where okay. you came from? Yeah, but before that, uh, I want to apologize if my English would be a broken one. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So my background is uh, I came from Jakarta, Indonesia, and about my age now. It's I'm 40 years old, and I have a wife and a daughter. And I used to be an an accountant back home. Yes, and I already had a good position actually back home as an accounting manager in a multinational company. Mm-hmm. That's my background. Yeah. Okay, so you're an accountant, a manager. Mm-hmm. So how how come? How did how did you decide to move to here? Because yeah, already like it's almost like a stable work there, right? It is actually when. When when we talk about moving to Canada, it was like a story which I can, if I can put a title on my my story, it would be leaving my comfort zone. <laughs> yeah. So actually, I was already established there. I mean, like I already have a house, I already have a car, and already have a stable job. And my wife also has a good career as well. But it's because of my background. So 
I think it was in 1989. Yeah, 1989 to 1991. I live in Australia. I follow my parents. Mm-hmm. Like my mom and my my dad had the chance to live there for about three years. So during that time, I feel like it was a sweet memory for me because the lifestyle was totally different with where I live in Jakarta, where you know if you live in Australia, just it, it will be similar in Canada as well. On the weekend, you don't go to the malls, but you go to the parks, you go to the sea, you go to the beach, you will blend with nature. Sure. And there is something that I couldn't find when I live in Jakarta. Like maybe it will, it will be the same in Manila, is it? Like you go to the mall on the weekend. Yeah, every time. Um, yeah. The mall is crowded. <laughs> I know. Even if um weekdays yeah yeah it's still crowded so i think we're yeah. both the same yeah uh, environment right yeah yeah and then the second thing is about jakarta is a very dense city in terms of populations like can you imagine like the city has like around 20 million people so the yeah. traffic is really bad uh like the the distance from my office to home is actually just like nine kilometers but it could I, I I would spend two hours just to drive my car there. Oh. I have to wake up very early in the morning to go like around six o'clock. I already leave, and then we'll go home at around seven or eight. Wait until the traffic is less dense, and I will drive around home at around nine or ten. Oh, so I really have less time to see my daughter during that time. Yeah, I can I can also relate yeah. to that because yeah. in Manila we have a lot of traffic. Uh, it's jammed every time. Yeah. And well, I have to when I was there, I have mm-hmm. to get my wife and bring her to her um, office. Mm-hmm. And I go to an, my office, and it mm-hmm. takes about two to three hours doing that. See. So yeah, it's a really stressful. Um, stressful environment and a stressful yeah. situation you know mm-hmm. yeah so you decided to immigrate because of that or is yeah is well that's, those are actually the well there are there, there are a lot of reasons but maybe uh, those two will be the major one yeah yeah oh but there is another thing actually it's regarding yeah. to my daughter like i really want to have my daughter to have a the opportunity to study in a world-class university, right? And mm-hmm. as a middle-class worker back home, it's just a dream if you can like send your child to study abroad in a, in Canada, US, or Australia because the dollar currency is, you know, is very high, right? Yes. And I think that's also the one of the main reasons why I, I move here. It's for the sake of my daughter. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. Um, yeah, it's always it's most of the immigrants are are longing to have a better future for their kids, definitely, you know, their, yeah. their family. And like me, I was separated with my wife there mm-hmm. in the Philippines, and I am in Singapore for five years, mm-hmm. and that's why I really decided to pursue the mm-hmm. immigration thing. So, okay, so when your parents find out mm-hmm. relatives found out that mm-hmm. you're moving so what's their reaction about that 
Well, uh, in terms of my parents, actually, my, my dad already passed away in 2010. Mm-hmm. But my, in terms of my mom, uh, she actually supported me. Even though she's alone, I mean, like, I'm the only child. But she supported me and she said, yeah, I think living in, you know, a Western country like Canada or Australia will be better. I mean, like, in terms of the living style, the, the, the work-life balance and everything, it's way better. So that's why actually she supported me. But in terms of the in-laws, my mother-in-law, like in the beginning, she was not really happy because, you know, she yeah. will miss her daughter and everything. And Correct. But in the end, because she's, a, she's still a very traditional old lady and we just told her that, uh, hey, mom, did you know in Canada you get paid in dollars? So I will get a lot of money in dollars. <laughs> and, oh, really? Okay, then. Hmm. Yeah, she, she, let her, she let, you know, my family go to Canada. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay, how about your friends? Well, there's, there's always a pro and cons, right? I mean, like, yeah. in terms of relatives, I have, like, some, some really close relatives and who were really disagree with my plan during that time. Mm-hmm. Like, well, some of them already living abroad, have studied abroad, or have traveled abroad, and they always said, "If you're already settled down in Indonesia, I think that's the best life you can get." I said, "Are you sure?" It's true. Yes. If you live in overseas, in you know advanced countries, you don't have you don't have the money to pay a nanny. You will not have money to pay a driver. In here, you have a good life. You become the master. <laughs> yeah. Are you sure you want to live overseas? Some of them were, were saying like that. But on the other hand, there are also some of my friends who, who were like, you know, supporting me because they said, yeah, we're really fed up with this kind of robotic life. <laughs> Just work early in the morning and leave at uh, and go home at night, and then on on the Saturday and Sunday we just go to malls. It's such a boring life. <laughs> oh yeah. Some of them support me as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I think we are all uh, both similar because we also have a nanny back, mm-hmm. and the nanny will cook, um, take care of the kids. Yeah. You know, um, it's not. It's really different from what we are now. And oh, really? Yeah. I have a baby right now, so we mm-hmm. have a really a difficult night. Yeah. <laughs> last time we just give give our uh, just uh, give our baby to my uh, nanny, and then she will take care of it for yeah. the whole night, right? Yeah. But, yeah. Right. And cooking, washing dishes, oh, yeah. and everything. Yeah. Yeah, I can relate to that. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> so. Yeah, and then what happened when, what, what did you feel like when you received your visa? I know oh. it's really, you know, it's a different feeling and I want I know. To, to know about your experience. Oh, yeah. I, I remember, I still remember it until now. I mean, like, you know, I think I was like, I was working during that time. I was in the mm-hmm. office and then like, uh, I opened my Gmail and then suddenly I saw there was the, email from the immigrations informing that you can pick up your visa now oh, wow i was like really <laughs> and I contact the immigrations directly and i said can i can i can i get it during lunchtime yes sure so i drove 
directly to the place and pick up the visa and like you know on my way driving from that visa office to back to my office i was just laughing by myself at the car <laughs> because i was like so happy like you know yeah it's 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 something you cannot describe with words I think. yes really yeah. because yeah. you're longing for that for many months or yeah. years yeah, probably right well one thing that shocked me that you know i, I got the visa just 10 months then well, I heard some people like waiting for two That's or three years. Right? Time. Yeah. yeah. I heard some people even like wait until five years, right? Me, just like me. I, I yeah. started 2003. Really? And there's a problem with immigration last time where mm -hmm. I, I'm not sure why it takes a long time. Mm -hmm. it, took, it took me five years for, for another rules. So that was... Oh. Yeah, they set another rule and the agency that I paid for the mm -hmm. application, they sent mm -hmm. me back the application and they said, we have to rewrite everything because we have a oh new rule. And after that, we applied again, okay? Oh, wow. And after that, we have to wait again for another three years. I think that was 2000. Yeah, it's another rule and mm -hmm. we applied again. Mm -hmm. And after that, the, the, the Canada... It, um, office mm -hmm. sent us a letter that they are mm -hmm. returning back all our application because of a reset of a new wow. rule so wow. they sent us our money mm. and so and they said if you want to apply again you have to reapply wow another form another uh, so many things yeah. were happening there i started 2003 and i was uh i was I applied for another application on 2013, so that is 10 years. Then wow. <laughs> we were already um, approved 2014. Yeah, mm, I see. the experience okay. of having the visa, you know, it's, yeah. you can't explain it, right? Yeah. yeah I was right. at the airport uh, during the time, and I was going back to the Philippines, and it mm. was, it was a uh, perfect timing because i'm going mm. back to the philippines and the letter said you have to send your passports to mm. the office right is mm. that the same as you like similar uh, it was a different thing no yeah. so yeah. we we have to submit our passports to the office yeah it was the same yeah. right? I, I had to check yeah i had to submit the passport yeah yeah and it's a perfect timing because i'm going back to the philippines i can get their passports mm -hmm. To my my, my son, right? My son, my wife's passport, so I can get back yeah. to Singapore and I have to give it to the I forget the office name of that Singapore um it's a passport, they they process the passports there. I forget the name, but that's uh, a perfect time. The, the, yeah. I just look at the ceiling when I see <laughs> the email and I said, Oh yeah. thank you. I, I think it was the, I think it's, it's the same office there. then. Yeah. I think it's the same office because I had to send my passport to Singapore as well. Oh, it's, uh, I forget the name. It's VAC? Something VFS or something? No? Yeah, I, I let me put it in my show yeah. notes. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I really forget. It was yeah. a long time ago. All right, so when you receive your visa, mm -hmm. and how did you prepare your things? Well, in the end, before we moved to Canada, we live in a condo, right? I live in a condo in Jakarta. And I guess you know, right? When you live in a condo, you will not have many things, right? Yeah. 
they have a minimalist you can say it's the minimalist furniture and everything so we don't have a lot of stuff and we decided that okay we will only bring our clothes to mm-hmm. canada and we will start something really new in canada starting from zero again mm-hmm. so we don't have a lot of stuff to bring for us i think we bought i brought our spoon <laughs> oh <laughs> our silver spoon our um the the cooking ware some something like that yeah because my sister is here and i she see said, hey, please help us bring also our <laughs> our things i there. see you can use it at uh, yeah, yeah. in your home right yeah. <laughs> well, well i have something i have a story that i can share maybe with you and to the audience the reason why we only bring our clothes is because is it okay if i share the story yeah yeah no problem Go yeah, ahead. so after I got the visa, I was really happy, of course. But then there was a new problem, right? Mm-hmm. Where will I live when I landed in Canada? So I was really confused. I have no relatives. I have no friends here in Canada at all, Jim. Uh, ben. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I Google for Indonesian community in Toronto, right? Yes. And then I found a church, and the, the church has the same denominations as my church back home. So I emailed the pastor during that time, and then the pastor uh, was responding really well. And then he was informing me that one of his people was going back to Indonesia during that time. And the guy wants to meet me. Okay. So I met the guys uh, and we talked a lot. He shared a lot of things about how to live in Toronto and everything, right? But then he mentioned, hey, as a newcomer, just bring your clothes. In here, in our church community, we help each other. So it was really helpful when he informed me about it. So when I landed here and I went to the church, everybody was welcoming me and they were always saying, what do you need? What do you need? Like when, when you need utensils, like the plate and the fork, they provided, they have like, you know, spare in their home and they share everything so it was really a blessing for me wow yeah and same as we have, we have similar situation yeah um, all of our things here are probably 90 percent are given to us <laughs> yeah same as me <laughs> yeah we just bought uh probably the sofa and that's it <laughs> yeah everything yeah, yeah. is even like plates uh table like my table right now it's all provided by my friends as well so yeah. it's really good to have like a connection or a network of people in a different or to the destination of your immigrate immigration right like you cannot yeah. have to talk about uh, talk to people like churches like you mm-hmm. and yeah. me my sister and my sister mm-hmm. has an organization here i see I was introduced to them and they gave me the bed, bed, <laughs> bed frame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, very, it was very lucky to have my sister uh, to assist me with that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's um, what my sister did to me. Uh, she was really supportive mm-hmm. and um, she introduced me to another organization, which is our. Um, we call Kababayan. Kababayan mm-hmm. is our countryman, I fellow countryman. So oh. we live in a town where we were very close and they have mm-hmm. 
organization here. So my sister introduced me to that. Um, oh. They give us clothes. My, my kids are three years old and they have kids. So yeah. <laughs> all the the clothings, um, some the boys maybe, eh? some items that they give us some gifts. So it's really heartwarming yeah. for us to feel that way because we are welcome here in Canada and we did not expect that to happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that it's we're going to buy our own things, right? And even yeah. the winter clothes. Yeah. I did not buy my winter clothes for the first few months because yeah. they, they are keeping on, keep on giving me the clothes, the, yeah. the boots. Well, it's, it's good to have like a network. That's yeah. why... It's also the reason why I created MM2C because mm -hmm. I want to have like an, uh, an organization that can help mm -hmm. newcomers to, even if not material things, but yeah. to support them with information, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's good, right? If you, if you have information. Oh, yeah, of course. It is. Yeah. yeah. So, now, you prepared your, th your clothes and... Uh -huh. Then you plan for the flight here in Canada, and what's the experience between the from Indonesia and landing in Toronto? Well, of course, uh, I remember on our last day in Jakarta, in the airport, it was a really sad moment, right? Because like you were hugging your your parents, and it, yeah, you know, you were like just crying, like to leave them, right? Hmm. But then, uh, and then in the airplane, of course, you had so you had that mixture feeling. I, I believe, right? Yeah. Between sad and happy, right? Sad and <laughs> excited. excited. Yeah. yeah, you're right. But when I landed in Toronto and it was winter during that time, and like you know, all the sad feeling was gone, and like you know, I was just like feeling excited and like, oh wow, this is Toronto, <laughs> my so, dream city. What's right? the temperature? During the time, it was, it was five degrees. Wow, mine is yeah. three, <laughs> it mine is, is three. <laughs> and it's snowing, and it's my first time to see the the flurries. Wow, the flurry? yeah, feels good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're right. Yeah, so is there someone who who fetched you at the airport? Yeah, it was my. Uh, well, we rented a basement, right? And it was the homeowner who mm. picked us up. Yeah, it was a member of the church as well. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. do you mind sharing us uh, like how much is the estimate of renting a basement, an apartment here? Sure. Well, uh, my basement it was like not. It was like just a plain basement. It was just a plain basement. There was no room in it, but it was like there was a kitchen and a washroom. It was a small basement. Just mm -hmm. one single bachelor basement, and I, well. In terms of the price, I cannot tell you the price because it was a discounted price. Oh, okay. Yeah, but but in average, when I saw in Kijiji during that time, it was around nine hundred dollars, seven hundred to nine hundred dollars oh, okay. for the one one room only. One room. Yeah, but if like you know, if you rent a basement which has like two bedroom in it or something like that, in Mississauga, I think it would be around one thousand two hundred, uh, one thousand to one thousand two hundred maybe. Oh, okay. Yeah, during that time, during that time. But it depends on on the uh, the house. How if it's new, probably yeah. it's thousand two hundred, right? Yeah, yeah, you're right. And it, it's it's located in Mississauga, right? 
Mm. In downtown Toronto, I don't think you can get it right with that price. So um, you have to prepare for for a thing. That's why I realized when I landed here in Canada, mm-hmm. I realized that that's why the government asked for the proof of fund. Oh yeah, we have a proof of fund. So because it's really useful for for about six months, you have to survive without job because you know you have to pay for the rent and everything. So yep. you have you need to have money to go here as a federal skilled worker, right? You're you you are in an under federal skilled worker, right? Yep, the same as you. When you ha- you settle down in the house that you have here in the like a basement, and what what did you do about finding the job of job uh, job hunting and you know mm-hmm. how did you do that? Yeah, well, mm, this is a. Uh... This is quite a story, actually, <laughs> regarding the finding jobs here, right? Well, well, to be honest, like uh, when you talk about migrating to Canada here, the problem you will face is when you want to find a job which is maybe correlated with your field back home, right? Correlated with your occupation back home. That is something which will be challenging, right? Yes. But if you come here and you just say, I don't care, I will work anything. It's easy to find job here, right? You can just go to a warehouse and work there, or you can just go to a Tim Horton and like work there, right? Yes. But finding the jobs which you already have back home, that's something challenging. <clears throat> well, the challenge is, first of all, as a new immigrant, Canadians always ask, do you have a Canadian experience? And I think there is something which is very silly. <laughs> When people ask you that, they knew that you're new immigrants, right? You yes. won't have the Canadian experience, right? And then they say, oh, you don't have the Canadian experience yet. So I'm sorry, we cannot hire you. Then how will I be hired if, I don't, if you don't give me a chance? How will I get the Canadian experience? It's the same as chicken and egg. Yeah. <laughs> Which comes first. I know. That's why. So I was really frustrated on the first two months during mm. that time, uh, Ben. Because I, I think I applied for about maybe maybe 500 applications I applied. I got interviewed, I got interviewed maybe 30 times and none of them accepted me. Even like I already downgraded my resume and everything, you know. What I applied was a junior accountant position. Mm-hmm. But in the end, after two months, I noticed that <clears throat> there is a... A foundation, an organizations, a charity organizations called Brian J. Fleming, mm-hmm. and they provided like a, a one-month course for new immigrants. Oh, okay. So yeah, what they do, what they do is like they will provide you with uh, the skill, like the general software accounting software skill that mostly used in Canada, just like mm-hmm. QuickBooks. Okay. Called simply accounting, and then. They also taught me how to make a Canadian resume and how to interview with Canadian people. So after one month there, I, I got a chance for a co-op, right? Mm-hmm. And then for the co-op place, they gave me a choice. Either I found it by myself or they will provide me the co-op place. So I asked my landlord during the time and then the wife, uh, at the place where she worked, there was an opening for a co-op place. So I uh, applied for the co-op placement there. 
Mm-hmm. And then I when then there was an open positions for junior auditor. Sorry to interrupt about that because yeah. um, can we tell our listeners what is a co-op means? Oh yeah, wow. Co-op is like an internship. Is uh-huh. internship will be clear? Mm-hmm. Is yeah. It, uh, it really depends on the company. Okay. The company has their own policy, but luckily, the place where I work, they gave a paid co-op. Mm. So I got positions as a junior auditor for about four months. There was a contract for about four months, mm-hmm. and after four months, you know, I was really worried during that time whether I will be, you know whether the contract will be extended or not. So there was, since the company is, is quite big, actually, it's one of the, it's one of the large family owned company here in Canada. Right. So they have a lot, lot, a lot of plans all over Canada. And there was an open positions for an accounts payable administrator during that time. It was part of an accounting, but it was like an administration. And the locations was in Burlington. Burlington might be around 60 kilometers, the distance from Toronto. It's an hour drive, right? An hour drive or 30 minutes? Uh, it really depends on the time, isn't it? Yeah. In QEW, right? Mm-hmm. In, during, during the rush hour, it, you, it might take you about an hour drive from Toronto, maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there was a, a positions, there was an open positions there. So. I have no choice to take that positions because uh, I need to get the Canadian experience, right? Yes. Yeah. So I had no choice to accept that. And yeah, the salary was also not really good during that time, but I just keep on having a positive thinking, right? That I'm gaining a Canadian experience. That's what I need most. But in the end, after three months of probations in accounts payable, they hired me as a, in a permanent position. And, you know, in the permanent positions, you get the benefits of insurance, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then I also talked to the manager and the HR that I want to get, I want to go to school again for CPA. And then they provided the, the funding as well for the school. So see, it's a blessing in disguise, right? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, to all our listeners, um, because yeah. hospitalization here in Canada is free, but the prescription drugs are not. You're right. You have to find an employer that can provide you an insurance for that, right? Yep. And then also for dentists as well, right? It's not covered by OHIP, right? Yes, correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So during those times, job hunting and you found a job, do you find any... Um, issues, the, the difficult issue that you've encountered when you moved to Canada or from those landing, from the landing mm-hmm. time and to your present situation now, what is the most difficult issue that you've encountered? Mm-hmm. Well, you overcome that? Yeah, I think one of the issue was the one that I already mentioned. It's regarding to finding jobs, of course, right? Okay. I mean, like, you know, during that time, in, in the first two months, when I applied hundreds of positions and I got interviewed 30 times, you know, many times I feel so frustrated, you know, 
like I was already saying that okay, I want to give up. I want to give up. Okay, I I might be just a labor here. I might just work in a warehouse here. Mm -hmm. But I just want to say to all the people who wants to migrate here, don't give up. I mean, just be positive and keep on trying. I know that some people might take, you know, might get the jobs in one month. Other people might get the jobs after one or two years living in Canada. But just keep on applying and keep on believing that you will get your jobs. Yeah. So yeah. that's for newcomers. But how about, do you have any advice for those who are planning to go to Canada? Yeah, uh, well, for some people who wants to uh, plan to move to Canada, in terms of, you mean, is it like in terms of jobs hunting or? Like or? how to give them an advice, how to decide that Canada is for them, <laughs> you know? Oh, I see. Well, I think uh, it really depends on the person themselves, right? I mean, like, it, there is, it, it really depends on what I can say is how bad do you really want to move, right? Yes. How bad do you really want to move, right? I mean, like, because I have to, I have to tell you, Ben, like, you know, this is a funny story, actually. It's, it's regarding to a lot of my friends, right, who are, like, keep on, you know, chatting with me and saying, hey, Darwin, you really have a nice life now, eh, in Canada. Yeah. And I said, how do you know? <laughs> I see your pictures in Facebook. Oh, you go to many beautiful places. Yeah. Hey, don't believe in Facebook. In Facebook, you just upload or you just post the the good things, right? Yeah. You, don't, you don't know what's the story behind it. And like I said, I think what I really want to tell to the people who wants to migrate to Canada is you have to prepare your your mental. I think that's the most important thing, right? The mental for first of all. Maybe if you're already established back home, prepare yourself for the worst scenario, right? Yes, correct. Yeah, I think that's the one thing that you need to prepare. Well, thank you for that. Yeah. And that's why in MM2C, you remember I did like live videos there. Yeah. Showing all whatever I see in my, because I'm traveling from all over Canada. Yeah. I want to let the followers know that this is how it looks like um, um, from my eyes you know yeah. I want to share it to them and that's why I put it in MM2C so that they will know that hey this is how winter looks like this is how yeah. summer looks like right and the food yeah. everything so that's why for us vloggers you are a blogger so we are really um, giving information to them useful and valuable content and that's why we want to, um, I, wa I want them to join the MM2C group so that they can see whatever Canada is providing, right? Yeah. So in my podcast, I also tell stories there about the benefits of our kids and the pros and cons, you know, oh, something like that. So that's a good, uh, that's a good advice from you. And probably you have some message to our listeners. Um, do you have like, um, what are you doing right now with your, with your online thing? Do you have any Facebook or YouTube channels? Okay, sure. Well, I think 
my message is to the the people who are listening to this podcast is I think well if you really dream to move to Canada you need to really focus on your your achievement here I mean like if you for example if you if you really have a problems with your IELTS like I have to tell you I've taken IELTS about five or six times to achieve achieve a seven seven score and mm-hmm. you know during the time like I didn't give up at all so just be positive and like you know keep on trying and also as, as for me now after one year working as administrator I was promoted to a most accountant so it was like a senior uh, senior staff positions after one year, which means I can prove to them that my experience back home was not something which is a lie, but it was true. And I can compete with all the other people here. So yeah, I mean, like don't give up. And right now, besides working, I also mm, study. I continue with my CPA and the fund is, is being provided by the company. And I also started a YouTube channel, which is called Indo de Toronto. And the channel is actually providing information about the culinary experience in Toronto. I mean, Toronto is a multicultural city and you can find, you can find food from all over the world here. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Can you spell that for me? Sure. For so it's e- yeah, so it's I-N-D-O. D-I-T-O-R-O-N-T-O. Okay, so that's mm-hmm. your YouTube channel. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you, you can find Filipino foods here. Um, oh. Right? Indonesia. How how can I find Indonesian ingredients here? Oh, uh, you can find it in, well, I don't know in North York, but in Mississauga you have... Mm-hmm some Asian, uh, Asian supermarkets and you can find in Indonesian ingredients there. Okay. But by the way, uh, Ben, in Mississauga, we have Seafood City. <laughs> oh, yeah. So does, does it mean Filipino you, have, restaurant. you have Indonesian ingredients there as well? No, but it's just that, you know, Filipino foods and Indonesian food are similar. So, oh, you know, okay. sometimes I often, I often go to the Seafood City and buy those you know deep fried fish <laughs> oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. for yeah. the for the listeners that are already here in toronto you can go to seafood city because you can buy the fish and um let them fry it right yeah you're right yeah is and there's the is jolly bee as well is it yeah it's free fry it? yeah it's free. Wow. yeah okay because if you fry it at home your whole your living room we gotta smell fish right yep you're right <laughs> that's why we... and there's jelly bee as well yeah jelly bee wow and i i like jelly bee my wife likes jelly bee as well but you know the the line is long oh yeah sometimes we are discur- yeah. we we don't go there quite often so anyway yeah that's good right. so yeah. um if you have for our listeners we if you have time you can visit darwin's youtube channel and you as uh if you're an indonesian it's 
a very good uh, source of information for food, right? And restaurants. So you visit restaurants, yeah. right? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Okay. Because we have listeners also in Asia, so this is a good you know, information from you. Okay. Okay. So uh, thank you very much, Darwin, uh, for being in my podcast. Uh, we're gonna see you soon after the quarantine. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was nice chatting right. with you. Thank you very much, Darwin, for the valuable information that you gave us. Okay, guys, uh, we have a blast of amazing experience here from Darwin. Thanks for listening to this podcast. And if you want to join MM2C, you go to memovingtocanada.com slash um, register. And you can register there. And also, you can go to facebook.com slash memovingtocanada. Okay, and also, I have a group where... If you are an online presence builder or if you want to blog, vlog, or podcast, you can go to my Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash groups slash online presence building. Okay, guys, thank you for listening and see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye, Darwin. Bye. Thanks for listening to this podcast episode of me moving to Canada.com mm2c if you want to see the videos and photos of canada go to facebook.com slash me moving to canada and you can send email to benalagnam at yahoo.com see you this is ben bye